0: If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano,
1: Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. You just found the world's number one fitness, health, and entertainment podcast. This is Mind Pump. Yay! All right. In today's episode, uh, we answered fitness and health questions asked by our audience Uh, And uh, it's the fun part of the episode is actually the beginning. This is the intro portion, which lasted today 40 minutes. This is where we talk about current events. We talk about scientific studies. We have a lot of fun. So here's what went down in today's podcast. Uh, We opened up by talking about a study on fat loss and resistance training. Mm -hmm. I talked about this in an earlier episode. We get into more detail. Believe it or not, lifting weights actually... Teaches your fat to burn better. Uh, I know that sounds crazy, but it's pretty cool. More reasons to lift weights. Then we talked about testosterone studies. You know, high testosterone is connected to success across the board in men, which is kind of what? interesting and amazing. By the way, we're working with a TRT hormone replacement clinic. Dr. Rand McLean uh, runs it. Uh, we did a recent episode with him. If you are interested, uh, we have a specific landing page or area you can go if you're a Mind Pump listeners. Head over to mphormones.com. if you want to see if you're a candidate for hormone replacement therapy. By the way, this is for men and for women. Then I talked about a study revolving around exercise and children's vocabulary. Uh, Adam talked about his son, Max, having fun with bugs and how he likes cat videos. Justin talked about how his football team is taking protein powder, and many of them enjoy Organifi protein. By the way, Organifi is a company we work with. They make vegan supplements, including plant-based protein powders that taste good and have great amino acid profiles. Go check them out. Use the mind pump code for a discount. Head over to Organifi.com forward slash mind pump. Use the code mind pump and get 20% off. Then we talked about the $15,000 Dorito chip. No joke. not making this up. <laughs> I brought up the Women's Bench Press World Record. Insane. It's crazy. Then we talked about alcoholic beverages because, you know, we're a fitness podcast. Yeah. Highball, lowball drinks. And Mir, another company we work with, now makes a, a cup for these kinds of drinks that is has a weighted bottom, just like my co-host, Justin. Hey. Hey, anyway, hey, go man. check them out. Head over to mir.com. That's M-I-I-R.com forward slash Mind Pump. Use the code Media for 25% off your first order. Then I talked about Neanderthals and Denisovans and ancient blood types. Oh, yeah. Then we got to the fitness questions. Here's the first one. This person wants to know how to tweak MAPS anabolic or MAPS aesthetic so that the workouts are only an hour long. Then a next person asked the question, uh, are deload weeks necessary? The third question is this person wants to know if they lack mobility or if it's something wrong with their anatomy. And then the final question, this person wanted to know some tips on how to stay consistent when they work lots of hours during the week. Also, all month long, two very popular, very, very popular muscle building and strength building programs are 50% off. I think this is the first time we've put them both 50% off. There you go. Here they are, MAPS Strong and MAPS Powerlift. By the way, I suggest you own both of them. They're amazing programs to run back to back. 50% off. Go check them out. Head over to mapsfitnessproducts.com. Just use the code AUGUSTSPECIAL with no space for that discount. There's that page on Instagram that talk that show, I don't know what it's called, Nature is Metal or it's one yes. of those pages. I uh-huh. love that page. Did you see the one it was a they were on a safari. They're in a Jeep and they're in the and the girash, giraffe started charging them and the dude in the Jeep, the driver booked it. And the giraffe was on their ass, dude. Like the woman in the back is freaking out because this, they ran fast. How, fa-
2: how fast do you think? The,
1: four, it look, over 40? If you just saw the giraffe running, you'd think it was going hella slow. Cause it's like,
2: but it's booking, dude. Well, we'll think about the distance legs. that, yeah, they cover.
1: Yeah. We
3: yeah. should look that up. We should look up the speed of a giraffe. Let's have some guesses. I'm gonna guess. I um, think top speed, 45 35. miles an hour. Oh, 35. wow. I think 21.
1: No way, dude. Yeah. No. 21 40, miles. At least 40 miles an hour.
2: Forty, yeah. at least. That's,
3: that's thirty-seven. Oh, see, yeah, I said thirty-five. So, oh, Justin won. Justin got.
1: I went over. Isn't that yeah. the rules in the games? Yep, or That's whatever? right. Price is right. The yeah. price is right. So, yeah. Justin uh, right. is the winner. I bid one dollar. Ding 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 yeah. ding. Whatever. It's fast. That is pretty quick. That's actually. crazy though. Big ass lanky legs and shit.
3: Because like a cheetah's is like sixty, right?
0: That's 80. like fifty to eighty. 80
1: for a cheetah. A hippo can go 30. A Hippo can go 30. You know, I like wow. I like watching Fat them fight hippo. each other. Who giraffes? Their big,
2: yeah, they're huge necks. They just slam into. They each swing other. their heads at each other. I don't yeah. think I've
1: ever seen that. Giraffes look weak, but they're they're, they're gangster. They yeah. really get hunted. You know that <laughs> by 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 lions when Ooh, they're full grown. Like, nobody be messes a big with a giraffe them. guy, huh? Yeah,
3: they'd be a big giraffe
1: You, you think they you and all your head? zoo
2: friends? They're just big, dude. Like, how's a lion going to get a giraffe? Yeah, they sort of try and climb up them and then give up. Oh. And they get
1: kicked by their yeah. big ass, uh, big ass
2: legs.
3: Yeah. Do yeah. lions try and take them down? I'm sure. I've, yeah. seen, I've videos, seen videos, but
1: but the full grown giraffes, they, nobody really touches them hmm. at all. But the king of the jungle, Doug actually named it, is not the lion. It's the hippo. Hippo. Yeah, yeah. I do. Know every that. animal scared it kills of the,
2: hippo. the most humans uh, every year. Have you seen videos of hippos yeah, yeah.
1: messing up lions? I have seen them and giraffes. I saw one. Snap a giraffe in half. I mean, not a giraffe, a, a, a crocodile in half. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, like just with this big ass mouth.
3: Yeah, I think I think you brought maybe on the show before where you brought up the how how the the power of their jaw. I think I, and wrote. they're aggressive. Like um, the
1: males are super aggressive. If you're near, where yeah, they're, they're like that, dicks, aren't they? They'll attack you. Oh yeah, yeah, they'll they'll run out of the water and, and but they look like big fat cute
3: you know animals, yeah, but they're yeah. not. You know, yeah. I saw the. Um, Doctor, I think it's Dr. Huberman, I believe. I know. Oh, he talked about that study. Yeah, he brought up the study that you brought up. Dude, that study is flying right Mm -hmm. now because Well, it's a big deal. I mean, for the longest time, we've talked about this and that the pushback that we used to get was that the the research that we did have out there did not confirm this you know, 30 to 50 calories per pound of muscle that we used to tout. And the debate we always made was, well, that's because there's other factors that we're unaware of or we haven't been able to exactly pinpoint. Yes, and we've observed this in clients.
1: Right, I've had clients gain three pounds of muscle and their metabolism is 700 calories faster, right? It doesn't equate to what we would think each pound burns, but there's other stuff going on. So in this study, and I talked about it a little bit in a previous episode, But in this study, it was observed both in animals and humans. Okay, so here's what happens, right? When muscles were under heavy resistance training, so just like lifting weights, they actually create these, they're almost like bubbles or vesicles are called, that leave the muscle and transport a type of RNA, which is like a single strand DNA. or RNA or
2: whatever. Yeah,
1: yeah, and and it floats over to fat. And then what it does is it actually tells the genes in the fat to behave differently. So what it tells the fat to do is to literally become more metabolically active. So it moves to the fat, and you end up burning more fat at the same calorie deficit. Literally teaching your body, in essence, we need to burn more body fat. And it's probably because muscle is metabolically active. You want to be strong. It's probably advantageous Mm -hmm. at that point. So it's not... Oh, I built more muscle. I have a faster. It's immediate. You lift weights and you automatically prime your fat to burn more, which is remarkable. And they and they now know this mechanism that is a part of it. Do you
3: know? Do you know what led to the research? Like, do we have like a new tool or a new way of measuring something right. that now allowed us to unpack and figure this out?
1: No, I think it's more. So here's what they did with the mice, from what I remember, to stimulate to simulate resistance training in mice. They I think they paralyzed one leg, so the other leg has to do double the work. And then in humans, they obviously had them lift weights. I think what it is is that resistance training or strength training had very little studies not that long ago. Like Nobody studied it for this kind of stuff. They only studied it for performance. Mm-hmm. But now they're studying it for health, fat loss, diabetes, insulin resistance. And so far, every study is showing resistance training is kicks the crap out of all other forms of exercise. It's across the board. Mm-hmm. It's the most effective. But this is a great fat loss one because – it's not, oh, you're, you're, okay, you built more muscle, you speed up your metabolism, blah, 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 blah. It's literally changing the way your genes uh, uh, act. Mm-hmm. In other words, it's making your fat more likely to burn, yeah. which is remarkable. Yeah, that's true. There's right. on a, re- a whole new mechanism that yes. we didn't know about. Yes. Speaking of studies, um, this whenever I read a study, I start to kind of go down like a wormhole. And for some reason, I ended up on testosterone. I think it's because we had the episode with uh, with Dr. Rand. Oh, yeah. So that's in the back of my mind, right? So like- uh, testosterone, its effects, what it does, whatever. So I found a bunch of studies that connect high testosterone to success in men. So not just like more muscle, better health, better vitality, sex appeal, blah, blah, blah. Literally higher testosterone levels connected to more success in business, make more money (laughs) better. How crazy is that?
3: I mean, it's not that crazy. It's pretty obvious when you think about it. I mean, it's uh, it's you can show the the connection to that with probably getting better sleep and better relationships. Like if you're a better, happier human being, I would imagine that that translates into more success financially in life. Well, too. in
1: particular, it's the drive that they say it uh, increases yeah. drive
3: and ambition, and even more so. You know, let me ask you this because
1: you're you're the perfect person to ask because you were on high doses of testosterone when you competed. You went off, low testosterone for a while. Yeah tried to get it to go normal for a while didn't necessarily work and then you worked with um now you're working with Dr Rand and they have you on TRT so now yeah. your testosterone's high again yeah besides muscle besides all that stuff did you notice a change in your drive going low and going up like, oh
3: yeah okay. I, I the things that I'm in I, I I'm enjoying or feel good the most is is just improved mood and sense of just energy throughout the day like that was one of the things I was noticing I was having a really hard time with was this dip. I was just, I couldn't, I didn't have the same motivation to go in the, the gym and lift weights. I didn't have the same motivation to drive and work and things were doing. It was just this very, very low level all the time. And I had these very small windows of when I'd feel like good, where I feel consistently good again. And that's the biggest thing that I noticed from that, which obviously will, I'm more productive at work. I'm more consistent with my workouts. and It's then, connected
1: to confidence. In both men and women, no, so the I mean, feeling true. of uh, you know feeling confident, wanting to put yourself out there, and you got to think right.
3: there's there's like a feedback loop to that too, right? So you feel confident, you have good energy levels, so then you go exercise, you lift weights, even better. you build muscle, you lose body fat, you mm-hmm. look better, you feel even more better again. So you got to think it. The reason why I think they can they can point to that is because there's multiple factors that are contributing to. You know, and that's what I meant by the success with the money thing. It's Mm -hmm. like if you lined up all those things, right? Someone who is fitter, stronger, more energy, sleeping better. I mean, all those things. Like, do you think they're going to tackle more
2: difficult challenges? you know, they're going to pursue more risky type of uh, harder shit. Less hard now.
3: You know what I'm saying? Like you, you, you look at. uh, I mean, he even uh, alluded that, alluded to that in the conversation, right, where he's talking about just. You know, when you're just down and you're sick and you're tired, like everything looks terrible. The world's coming to an end. Yeah, your filter's different. Yeah, your filter's different. Whereas Mm -hmm. when you feel strong and capable and and you have energy and you feel good, like you know, the tasks that you have to accomplish, they look different. So
1: from from my experience in the past, uh, and from people I've talked to who've done this, the difference is not subtle. It's night and day. Yeah, it's night and day. It's like a different,
3: completely different. Especially in my case, because. I went so high, you got to think that for five years or so, or close to five years, I think four or five years that I was consistently using anabolics, um, you know, I was used to that feeling of feeling superhuman and amazing all the time and just uh, invincible. And then to come off, to have that massive dip, and then. even after i think it was i went almost three years right it was close to three years Mm -hmm. i think we were working at trying to get my my testosterone up naturally you know i had moments during that time of oh i'm feeling better you know because everything lined up perfect you know and so i felt a little bit better for maybe a day or two but you know it was it was a battle now just simply being on a on a mild therapeutic dose like that like instantly I mean, instantly, I felt that within two days.
1: You know, what's funny about this is that um, testosterone does the same things for women that it does for men. It's just much, much lower dose. Because I did get some messages from women who heard the episode, and they're like, you know, what about us? Like, what? Right. And it's women, same thing. Now, the difference is, whereas they might give a man 200 milligrams of testosterone a week, for example... Um, for a woman, it would be more like 15 or 20 milligrams. Women are far more sensitive to it, Mm -hmm. but the same thing, confidence, uh, libido, you know, it reduces anxiety, energy. It's the same exact stuff that men will feel. Women will feel as well. It's just a much, much, much lower dose. Cause I know some, the women were DMing me like, but am I going to grow a beard? Like what's going to happen? It's like, no, no, no. They'll put you, they'll keep you within, Your range, Mm -hmm. they'll just keep you at the higher end of that range, and you'll feel all the same effects. Didn't
2: he say too there was like this six month sort of reversal of any of the side effects that you know if if you were to kind of like go past uh you know the amount that there was still like a six month sort of window.
1: Yeah, there's nothing. Testosterone's an incredibly safe hormone in comparison to other hormones that you could take exogenously. Like, so imagine if you had insulin, estrogen growth hormone, uh, thyroid hormone, and testosterone. And someone said, I'll pay you a million dollars to take 10 times your normal amount or 100 times your normal amount of mm. one of these. Which one do you pick? Testosterone. Yeah, It's not going to do anything. It's not going to hurt you. You're going to be totally fine. All the other ones, well, insulin will kill you.
3: Yeah,
1: Thyroid would probably kill you that much. Growth hormone could probably cause some issues uh, as well. Testosterone won't. So it's a very mm-hmm. safe hormone. But for the women... It's the conversion of testosterone to DHT that can sometimes cause problems. And he said that's easily controlled mm-hmm. uh, with medication. Well, so, and also,
2: too, it's very much managed. That's what I mean. So by professionals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. So that,
3: I'm just, that's why I'm, I'm so glad that we're finally partnered with somebody. I mean, yeah. we've been working on this for a while because it's, it's one of the number one questions that I get in my DMs. And I'm just not qualified to be guiding people in hormone yeah. replacement, both men and women, you know, and I was, blo- what I was blown away. I remember, I've, and I've said this many times now on the show, I cannot believe how many young men suffer from the, the low testosterone. Oh, so. I,
1: I think this is going to be a, a, it's already a huge market. Yeah. I think it's going to be one of the biggest markets, mainly because of the decline. And It's still a mystery. We have guesses as to why testosterone levels have been declining now for five decades consistently but it's a problem and until we can figure out what the hell is going on which is probably a lot of factors mm-hmm. uh, you're 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 going to see a lot of men who are going to need to replace testosterone because it's bad for your health and you feel it's like it's funny shit. because
3: it's been you know this has been Widely accepted and popular in the like uh, celebrity community, yeah, the, uh, yeah. sort of elite group. Oh yeah, they've of, been doing uh, it for a while. Yeah, it, it, but it, it just used to be uh, a very inaccessible. Un- to, yeah. to your average person. I mean, I remember when when Katrina and I first started dating. Like her her mom, they're connected to some like celebrity doctor. And I mean, they, they've been doing that for like 30 plus years. Yeah, mm-hmm. So it's been around for a long time. It's just been, it's been so taboo and everybody connects like uh, testosterone or anabolics to bodybuild steroid guys. Mm-hmm. And you, and you know, you're talking about like Katrina's mom was in her sixties. You know what I'm saying? That, that's not why they, it's a big difference. Yeah. It's balancing out your hormones. And I remember when we first met, I remember Katrina, this was, was we were just before 30 years old and her mom was like, I want you to make sure she made her go down and get all of her hormone levels tested to see where she was at when she felt optimal because she's like, one day you'll be my age and those levels are going to change and you're going to want to know where your baseline was. So I, I recommend that to anybody who's listening right now, even if you think your your hormones are good and balanced, to go get your blood work so done you know what your normal- so you know what normal is. So yeah. even if you don't think you're a candidate for somebody who hormone replacement therapy will be good for, if you feel great already, well, go go find out what great is because that's the thing that I've learned through this whole journey is that uh, the, you know, all these arbitrary numbers that you've heard thrown around, I've heard for so long. Of, it's like, very individual. What's it? hot, yeah, it's very individual and it's really based off of you. And so if you're listening and you feel really good, well, go find out what that looks like so that you have a reference point. And 5, 10, 20 years down the road, when you're not feeling as good, yeah. a doctor knows what he's aiming for to get you back to feeling that yeah, way. Yeah, and you know?
1: here's the other thing, too. Off air, um, I talked to doctors. He runs a clinic, and they work with much more than just testosterone, right? They work with other hormones, and they work with certain peptides. That and This is all doctor-supervised. I asked them questions about the peptides because I didn't know a whole lot about them. But apparently, there are peptides that are pretty well studied. Again, this is all under doctor supervision. That will naturally do things like increase your growth hormone levels. Now, not to the levels of where you're gonna get if you took growth hormone outside, you know, exogenously, but naturally raising growth hormone, and they're seeing positive benefits from that as well. So, really interesting stuff. Yeah. And the reason why I'm really happy about this is because we look. People don't know this. We talk to a lot of these these clinics because mm-hmm. we constantly get DMs from, especially young men who are like, "What do I do? I need help." And we don't want to give, like you said, Adam. We're not yeah. qualified to give, uh, you know, recommendations. We'd love a place to. I learned this as a trainer. One thing that I learned as a trainer was, that made me very valuable was I had connections to people that I trusted that were experts in things that I was not experts in. You know, an expert. In. I had chiropractors that I trusted that were really good. I mm-hmm. had physical therapists. I had acupuncturists and gut hormone uh, gut health doctors. And so when I had a client come to me with an issue. I would say, look, I don't know, but I know somebody that I trust and and it would bring so much value. We finally have somebody that's really good in this field because I was not impressed with some of the other people. Oh, that. I
2: know. And I wish I could think of a few of my clients that have, we've been through a long journey of troubleshooting and doing just about every uh, specific type of elimination diet and, you know, different types of training modalities. And this really motivated me to go get more educated in a lot of different directions. But I was always looking for a good hormone doctor. Because oh, I sent the episode like the
3: key. to so many friends and family already. Yeah because I've got so I have uncles and family and aunts and family yeah. members that I that have asked me like hormone questions for so long and like I can give them very surface answers and I'm like I'm just not the person to yeah. I'm learning still. I mean it's, I'm oh, still it's, learning through this whole process myself yeah. and uh, but I do know what a, what a what a world of a difference it's it's made for me personally yeah. and and so glad that I that we found him. Now speaking
1: know? of more fitness studies, I read another really interesting one on children. So they found in the study that when they had children exercise, it improved their vocabulary and it improved their ability to learn and apply new vocabulary.
3: Well, that's very obvious cool. to me because of what I just learned about. I don't know if I shared this on the show. Um, I know I told you guys off air uh, the whole speech therapy thing that we had. We had Max go do. Did I talk about that on the show, Doug? Do you know if I talked about that? I don't uh, think he did. You no. just talked about him so, potentially going, oh, uh, sorry. Uh, of course every every parent anytime your kid is you know potentially slightly behind in anything you 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 start you know worrying and freaking out of or, course yeah right researching you know googling like crazy like what month should he be sp- saying three words together and of like that so anyways uh you know we katrina hired a, a speech therapist to, to meet with max and she basically kind of laughed at us and said he is just fine and He's, you know, don't worry. He, you could. She goes. The thing that we look for when we're helping these kids who are behind on speaking, she goes, is uh, their ability to understand. Like, if they aren't, they're not speaking, and they don't look like they're comprehending or understanding what you're trying to communicate. To that them, makes sense. Then we're, we're more concerned if they're just not speaking yet. Um, because maybe they haven't been socially acting or uh, interacting with other kids very often. We just had COVID go on, but you can clearly see they understand what you're communicating to them. It's just, he, he'll, he's, she's like, you know, kids like that, they end up uh, saying a bunch. Anyways, point of bringing this up and to your point with the study was one of the things that we could have done better and looking back now, right, if we have a second kid, um, what we'll make sure we don't do was uh, Katrina still uh, feeds Max, and he obviously is very capable of feeding himself right now and her whole thing behind it was like she didn't want to clean a mess up <laughs> she's yeah. like i don't want to clean a mess up i don't i love being with him anyways and feeding him and so she she has fed him this whole time and they actually say that has a lot to do with their speech development so you, you never think, right? Eating how is feeding themselves? Yeah, it's, that's uh, good question. But that it's huh. I, I, it's the that part of the brain that they have to, you know, the uh, the proprioceptive part and and their mouth, you know, the, to to chew and figure it out and feed with their hand. Wow, that's
1: fascinating. Yeah, actually yeah.
3: helps speed up the development of their ability to communicate, hmm. so and talk. So that makes sense when you just read wow. that study. That was something I just recently learned myself uh, through trial and error on my end. <laughs> it was that we should have, you know, forced Max to eat mm-hmm. on his own earlier, dealt with the mess because that probably would have progressed his speech. Interesting.
1: Well, I, so I've read studies on and, and articles on on geniuses. And do you know that most geniuses, most smart, really really smart, uh, highly successful people took longer. To start speaking, well, But I then when a, they
3: did, it was like I Whoa. have a theory on that. I mean, and um, I like to think that. I mean, of course, every dad wants to think that his kid's a genius, right? Which you see, I can see Max's wheels turning. I yeah. see, and I saw it early on. Oh, he's a
1: very aware kid.
3: Yeah, he, and he understands. I can get him to do a lot of things, and so, uh, and, and I was able to do that pretty early. So he just seems like he's he's waiting to say something, which is really funny. Yeah. So yeah, they they predict that once, he, like he's we're getting ready, like I told you guys, the Montessori school or whatever which has been really difficult to get him into, uh, said that he will probably be there for a couple weeks. I had a bunch of people DM me too after this conversation last time. And they said that, uh, oh my God, my son was going through the same thing. As soon as we put him in Montessori school, he got around other kids. Yeah. Like all of a sudden, full on sentences like two oh, weeks later.
1: So. Yeah, how, how? I mean, the irony of a study like that too, right? Because how much has public education cut physical activity considering it not oh, important? yeah. Yeah, and, and not so frustrating. Physical activity and music, mm-hmm. which now we have so many studies showing that both of them make you better at math and, yep. and at vocabulary, the things that we think are so important. You need to move, and music is also an important thing that you know, kids yeah, need to Yeah, music
2: is mathematical. It's just it follows rhythm. It follows timing. Mm-hmm. Like, everything is, is – you know, predictable in that regard. And so if it's, it gets into your subconscious. And so, you know, it, and again, too, to be able to remember things like music. So, you know, uh, crucial with that too. But yeah, I just, I hate how like some of these, programs get cut because they just deem them not quite as valuable when in fact, like if you add that into the mix, how much better, uh, you know, your students of perform, course.
3: you know, what's really cool right now is that, and um, it'll be interesting to hear Sal when the, when this happens for you with Aurelius, I remember my two best friends who were a little bit ahead of me, right. With, uh, fatherhood, were sharing that, um, man, it, we, he hit this age and then it just feels like milestones and things like yeah. really start piling, right? It's like six months, twilight zone. Then you have some big hurdles around month eight and a year where they're finally like sitting up and they're maybe walking by this time and stuff. And, but then you like, you wait for the, well, then all of a sudden like just stuff starts, ha- new stuff starts happening almost every day. And I remember them communicating that to me. And I feel like we're kind of going through that. where like all of a sudden like new talking and babbling is happening right now that do things he's interested in. So there's two things right now that just happened literally in the last two weeks that I think is hilarious or fun to watch is one, his fascination with bugs So like now he thinks it's... Bugs are awesome. Oh my God. He's not afraid to go pick a spider up or (laughs) smash an ant. And like, you know, he's trying to grab bees. Like he's just, he's fascinated with with bugs and not afraid to go grab them, squish them and do so that. So that's hilarious uh, to watch him do that. And he has this uh, fascination and he thinks it's hilarious to watch uh, cat videos. So he just thinks it's so funny. They, If you guys look on YouTube and TikTok. Yeah. Oh, are you kidding me? Oh, That's the mo- there's more cat That's videos. the most anything. popular
2: video. Yeah, I didn't even know it was a down.
3: thing. Am I, he, the, and it wasn't even me who figured this out. It was actually my best friend's wife uh, when we were up in Truckee last. And uh, she was on TikTok, which I don't even have, right? And she was showing him, I guess there's lots of cat viral cat videos or whatever like that. And he was just busting up laughing for like five minutes dude, straight. There's, the I, I love
1: I love hearing little, kid, little oh, I kids. I know, little laughs are, are oh, the best, dude. Dude, I got my son to like, because he giggles, he laughs. It's easy to get my, my son to laugh. But to get him to like belly laugh, mm-hmm. we bought this indoor swing. It's made for little babies, right? And he likes to swing. He likes it when I move him around quickly. So it's pretty funny. We put him in there. And he thought it was the funniest. I'll I'll make sure I send the video to Andrew to put in. He was dying. He thought it was the funniest thing. Also, we're going through this thing right now where my son seems to have a bottomless pit when it comes to food. He just <laughs> eat and eat and eat and eat and eat. And it's like, Jessica and I were like, Like, what's it like, are we feeding him too much? Like, cause we'll feed him and I'll be like a
2: big eater and you're his age. No, No. terrible eater. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what my mom says. You know, here's the deal too. This is my mom talking. Remember (laughs) my mom? Yeah.
3: And uh, Italian guidelines. Is that right? That's right. He was a terrible eater. He was only eating six times a day. Exactly. Five bowls of pasta. I
1: don't know, but you know, I'll feed him. I'll be like, honey, I just gave him a whole avocado and a bunch of, you know, raspberries and he, you know, he's, he's upset because we're done. Like, what do you know? So we're feeding them and it's fun. And then, of course, my mom. Oh my God, you know, the Italian grandma. I love feeding him. This is my favorite thing. I'm like, yeah, I know why because he'll just eat whatever you can. <laughs> and I'm like, we need to watch my mom when she dude. feeds him because she'll just no, no, going to get him death. Yak, dude, dude. Watch you, out! Oh, it's a, but now that he's eating more, of course he's pooping more. So that's that's kind of annoying. Yeah, you know? a, yeah. you're
3: right about that phase right now where the, the diaper explosions and stuff start happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Those start getting real interesting. Oh, those yeah. diapers! Yeah.
1: Speaking of kids, I want to ask you, Justin. Yeah. Um, you said a couple episodes, uh, excuse me, a couple episodes ago that you had some. Of your players uh-huh. use the Organifi protein because they couldn't have dairy. Are you getting feedback
2: from yeah, them? Yeah, yeah, actually, they love it um, because they've tried a bunch of other options out there, and, you know, we're like, is there anything that, like, actually has a decent taste to it and, and still provides a good amount of protein? And so I turned them on to that, and what was cool about it, too, was uh, because I've just been slowly introducing them to, like, certain things and, and sponsors that we have here on the show... Um, it it's been sort of spreading around the the parents uh, and so they've all been kind of like sharing information with each other because to to be honest like we're we're totally unorganized right now as a new staff coming in, uh, and still trying to kind of piece everything together. So communication with parents is pretty terrible right now. But, uh, so I got in touch with one or Courtney actually got in touch with one of the parents because they're asking about what to feed the kids. Like nobody's telling us what to feed the kids. And then she's like, well, you know, Justin was there and told them, all like, you know, broke down kind of what they should target and, you know, what, what what were good foods, what were good sort of supplements and things that you might want to be interested in. And so I, I rewrote this whole list and I included that as in terms of anybody that has, you know, um, some kind of lactose intolerance or, you know, or vegan or whatnot. Uh, and and so they've all been sharing it amongst each other. And so they're like going to the grocery store and they're buying Organifi, you know, from the store. And, uh, so it's been cool to, to see that like now it's starting to be a focus amongst, you know, the parents groups.
1: Yeah. You know, what's exciting about that is you're working with like, you know, teenage boys, their bodies respond so fast to like, well, changing their diet and
3: lifting weight. Well, it's
2: such a mystery for parents, too. It's like, what do I yeah. feed this growing kid who's just
3: in front of my eyes is changing every day, I know. you know? I'm really curious to see... Uh how well they stick to anything? Like, I know I was really inconsistent as like a high school kid. I know you were a little more radical about working out, And so maybe you would have followed like a diet plan mm. or way like that. Uh-huh. But kids just like so don't give a shit. I ate so terrible when I was younger, like that. I, I was so I was so interested in the sport and all the nuances of the sport, and I wanted to learn that. Well,
2: yeah, it's it's a small group right now. You know, yeah. like there's there's probably I would say like ten like like real
3: okay. So out of the whole, groups? so you have like fifty kids. Yeah. And only 10 are like... 10 are like, I'm I'm tackling uh, this. That makes... Sense. Okay, that's what I figured. I figured you'd have like a small group that are like really like trying to figure out, okay, what should I eat and willing to actually go apply the knowledge they're getting from and me. And I
2: totally factored that in because I, I was the same way. But then once I started introducing a protein, like a whey protein, and then I had sort of a system of like I'd take the shake first thing in the morning... And then, you know, like I I was consistent with that. I started to see gains happen as a result of that. And so it's going to take some of these kids seeing the gains and the other ones asking them what they're doing to really, you know, get that to spread. But I'm pretty sure it's going to happen. That's cool. You
3: know, speaking of food... uh I didn't I didn't know this was this existed or not I don't know if you guys know this but you know there's like uh, on eBay you can find like like a Dorito chip for fifteen thousand dollars what does that like Jesus on it or something yeah I was gonna say is it shaped so that is so it's a great guess so that's exactly I was like what? So every once in a while, of course, like a you know things that are made in a factory and yeah, yeah, mass random. produced, yeah, a random chip like this. The the article is about this chip that was like a almost like a three D chip. Well, you know, it was uh, hollowed out in like a perfect shape or what like that, and so that's why it was on eBay for fifteen thousand. Oh, wow. But then there's things like uh, cinnamon rolls or things like that that end up looking like Mother Teresa, <laughs> like a, and <laughs> yeah, then they they're those. on there for like twenty five thousand, hundred thousand dollars for food that look like somebody famous or what was that the way that came out isn't that weird yeah that's a weird market like, right yeah. i want to yeah, see some does. does
2: it gain value or do you, you know you just so sit I'm on like, that as like i'm I
3: so new to this and i'm sure knowing our audience we always have somebody who like knows more than we do about something we're talking yeah. about right yeah. and so i'll get dms after this um, yeah, I'm completely new to it. I didn't even know it existed until I read this article. Kind of started going and down the you rabbit store hole.
2: Store it in some like vacuum sealed container, like display. Yeah,
1: I guess yeah. You, know, I... you know, you know, it would be baller, <laughs> just baller. What? Someone buys a fifteen thousand dollar Dorito and eats it.
3: No, it's in front sure, of everybody. Yeah, I'm here sure it is. Ahead. That's how
1: gangster mm. I am. I don't care. No, yeah. look,
3: look it up, Doug, it's and see how. I don't right know how there. big this market is as far as like how many foods. Uh, but I thought it was pretty interesting. They ranged up to wow. Well, wow. a hundred thousand dollars. Well,
1: while he's looking that up, a couple interesting factoids. I think I shared this before. You guys know that chicken nuggets only come in four si- four shapes. Yeah, you told There's us. There's specific that. four shapes. Oh yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. And then here's the other thing: Fruit Loops, Fruit Loop cereal, right? It's got. Now, by the way, that chicken
3: chicken nugget, (laughs) that (laughs) chicken nugget, let me try one more time. Fact. (laughs) Good job. (laughs) The chicken nugget fact. That's uh, McDonald's, right? Not all chicken nuggets. No. McDonald's, there's like four shapes and that's it. There's
1: names for them. Right. Fruit Loops, right? You got your purple, your red, your green, same flavor. They're yeah, all the same. Flavor. All same flavor. Yeah, yeah, they're all, they're not different. Yeah, wow. and I, uh, I swear to tricked God, tricked us all. I could have swore they were different flavors. That's how powerful now is that,
3: uh, Is that the same for things like lifesavers and some of those? No, lifesavers is different. And skittles, skittles are, you are sure? different. Yeah. Oh yeah, come on, dude. M and M's aren't right.
2: They, they they've tricked us M&Ms there. M and M's are the same. Yeah. M and M's are exactly M&Ms the same. Yeah. M&Ms are the
1: same. Yeah, are skittles, skittles different? Skittles are different. I, I 100%. don't know about that. Oh, I know, dude. I like. I bet you that.
2: there's like two flavors. No, 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 no. There's yeah. there's they're, they're green flavor. There's Check it out. Flavor. <laughs> green <laughs>
1: flavor. <laughs>
3: <There's> yellow <laughs> flavor. Kind of like yellow flavor. Yeah. yeah. You, know you know, I was thinking about the Dorito. Like, what happens when your dog just eats it? Uh, you know? uh, well, so uh, th- this article was talking about. Uh, I forgot what it what was it, a cannoli or a roll or that looked like the Mother Teresa or something. So, like, a shop had it. For like nine years and they kept it on display. It was like a bakery shop or something like that, and people would would, would look at it and then it got stolen. So oh. someone stole someone stole the, the cannoli that Damn. looked like Mother you Teresa. Stole the cannoli. Was, yeah. Oh, cannoli yeah some else,
1: some but. idiots like, wow, this is the, the blessed Mother Teresa. I think I'll yeah. honor her by stealing it. I think I need to steal
2: it so I can make my way to heaven.
1: I feel
3: like it's one of those things that because people say it, then it gets reinforced and then you see it, right? Yeah. Like you've heard of that like isn't that isn't that a phenomenon that happens? Like if if we're looking at clouds and then you go, um, oh, do you see the unicorn jumping over whatever? Yeah. And, and then I'm like, oh, yeah. Now I see it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what I think d- that's that's true. Yeah, that's, yeah that's So it's probably true. like that. So
1: um, so uh, this is something interesting I just read this morning. Did you guys know that a woman just set the all-time bench press record for women? And you guys want to guess what that
2: number is? So the, oh, it's the heaviest so bench press. How a
1: biological, how, how woman terrible woman am I no, no, going to feel bi- today yes, about so my workout? She's she's
2: born a woman. I'm just clarifying. Correct. Okay. It's, a, it's a biological just, okay. yeah,
1: cisgender woman. Uh, the heavy, world's heaviest female bench press of all time. She completed. I'm gonna go, guess what the
3: number is. I'm gonna go with 490 pounds.
1: What about you, Justin? This is gonna be like The Price is Right again. 315. 605 pounds. I was <laughs> way off. Yeah. Now this is equipped. So wow, in other words, she wore still, a bench shirt. That's a strong lady. Could, yeah. So she was equipped, right? Yeah. Which can add, you know, 100 pounds here, but doesn't matter. I don't care if it adds 150 pounds. That's insane. Are
3: those known to add 100 pounds?
1: oh yeah dude really oh yeah bench bench shirts and squat suits if you know how to use them and you get the double ply crazy shit you ever I mean, seen the guys walk out walk yeah, yeah, in yeah, it, no. and and i know it's, it's crazy but 100 pounds is a lot oh i've i, I people tell me more people tell that me it's crazy people tell me that at the high levels when there's no like limits and those you can wear whatever you know bench shirt you want and the you know the dude's walking out wow look at that Six hundred. No, it's six oh five. Is it Becca Swanson that did it again? Let me see who what her name was. Wow. Uh, no, uh, Rayanne. Uh, How big is she? Kuenur Miller. She's mm-hmm. she's the one that said it. She beat that record. Yeah,
3: I'll, Doug, I'll send you the link. That so was we can the old record. At... That was the old record right there. Yeah, six hundred, so... and you said she did six oh five, right? Six oh five.
1: I'll send Doug the link. So, it, wow. Wasn't this,
2: like Stevie Cohen up there for deadlift? She was she was pulling some serious weight.
1: Well, women pretty typically will do pretty damn good pound for pound lower body, but bench press. But, but bench is a yeah, whole other ball But yeah, you have seen the, when they when, shit. when they put these shirts and stuff on. They walk out like this, or they'll need someone to- Yeah, like, it
3: normally takes two other big dudes to put on one of those. So I, I do know like how crazy they are, but I mean, 100 pounds. I think more.
1: I, I know a guy. Wow. So I talked to a guy about this years ago. It was a power lifter, and we were having this whole discussion about it. Yeah, there she is, Ooh. 605. So she looks like she benched 605, too. She, she does. Well, she benched yeah, 605. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Capable. <laughs> so I was, I was talking to- Who was it I was talking to? I was talking to a power lifter. And they said that some of these bench shirts are so insane that people will actually miss a lift. So they'll go to an event. They'll load the bar. They'll miss it because they can't get the bar to touch their chest. That's how tight.
0: So so they literally can't
1: get the bar down to their chest. Come on. Yes. That
2: doesn't seem like... uh, I mean, like... uh, so there's got to be somewhat of a an asterisk there. I want to know how much they can actually bench without all the assistance. Raw.
1: you got to look up raw Yeah, records. raw. Yeah. yeah. And well, raw is the look one... Look that
2: up, Doug. Let's see how much...
3: Uh, yeah, look up world,
1: world, world record heaviest women's bet, bench press huge, raw. Uh,
3: dis- discrepancy yeah, I wonder there. if my number of 400 or something's more more accurate for that. For right. Raw.
1: I would... Bet yeah. I would bet it's in the 400 range. Yeah, because yeah. uh, there's a big because if you look at the men's raw totals. And All right, let's bet on and, that now, Okay, yeah. So
2: I'm gonna say 450. 450? Because last time I was way off.
1: Yeah, I'll say um, I'll say probably I'll, I'll I'll agree with you. Let me see. Where, where, I'm Doug? 490. That's right. I'll okay. have to stick with the uh, number. Let's see here. The women's uh, uh, equipped uh, uh, bench uh, uh, press uh, uh, now 457. The raw is, is 457. 457. Boom! Mm. Wow. wow! Now look at the difference. 450 to 600. Yeah, from, from that, but uh, the men's are even bigger. If you look at the men's difference in raw versus equipped, it's even bigger. Well, that's because of I'm the sure you number. You do a right? thousand something, right? Of, right, equipped, right, You know, oh yeah, dude, it's it's uh, pretty wild. Isn't hey, the uh,
3: raw one up there? Isn't the raw bench press like a thousand pounds?
1: Have you seen? No, it's not. No, I think it's. I don't think it's a thousand yet. Raw. I mean, it's maybe like maybe it is. Eight or nine. Yeah. Have you seen what? So when you look at these bench pressing like people that you know, guys, girls that can just lift tremendous amounts of weight, and you look at their body. It's literally made to bench press. You know? Yeah, they're like really big round barrel body, yeah. short little arms. Yeah. You no, know?
2: because Hapthor did like a thousand uh, deadlift and broke the record. Totally like, different. It. Yeah, it's a different. Yeah, totally different. different let's thing.
1: see. Uh, now that we gotta do raw, Doug. Yeah, look at the you know, world bench press record raw. Yeah, that's all. That's all equipped. So, yeah, let's see what we find here. 739. Wow. You know. Yeah. Oh, that is yeah, 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 yeah. Which is still like almost 300 pound difference. Which is still insane. That's just still the, the most insane thing yeah. uh, that I can think of. Pretty crazy. Justin, I yeah. want to ask you a question because you know you used to be a bartender,
2: right? Yeah, I was. I mean, it wasn't the greatest, but I, uh, yeah, I did it for a few years. Okay. Is
1: there a drink called a highball or a lowball or well, what are they called?
2: I think those are more referring to the actual cut, like the glasses. So a highball versus a lowball. A glass so one of them is is more focused on the bubbles you know sort of effervescence you oh know, really drinks versus the low ball is mainly wider and so and shorter so you you you're supposed to basically be able to smell like the essence of the drink and oh. you know so it's, it's more of like a presentation um
3: why which, high ball which you see mir- mirrors carrying that that's why I asked. Yeah, yeah. They have I a saw that up. in our, our commercial stuff. They sent no. over They it's, sent it's over It's a the weighted to bottom, their... too, so yeah, it, it won't sick. spill easily. Yeah, that's
2: what I like about like rocks, glasses, and like low ball because like, they're weighted and uh, you know less likely to easily tip. I like my cups like I like Justin. This weighted bottom, Heavy <laughs> bottom. <laughs> right.
3: we're, we're more centered. Well, have to add, add that to the truckie bar, man. I like oh, yeah. yeah, yeah we yeah. should get those up there. No, no, 100%. Yeah, I When I saw it over there, that was the first thing I said over to Jerry. I was like, make sure they send some over to us. You
1: know what's funny? You don't Realize Well, I, I maybe some people realize this. The presentation of something completely changes the taste or the oh, experience. Oh, yeah, sure. No, it is. And sure. I, I get,
2: like, slightly annoyed if we go out or something and then there's certain garnishes and certain things that I would do to drinks that they didn't even come close to, like, including. I'm just, like, this is missing so many ingredients. Well, so,
1: like, Jessica, right? If we go out to dinner and let's say she orders a glass of wine, she gets so mad. When they fill the glass of when the, the glass is mostly full of wine, she likes to have like this much wine in the glass. Even if she has multiple glasses, oh, uh, because she does the whole. Sniff. She just doesn't like. She's like it looks gross. I don't like. I don't it like looks it though. Gross. Oh, she sent it back before. Can you put this in several glasses or or give me one that's like only filled up to here? Oh, really? Because she doesn't like the presentation. It ruins the whole experience. Interesting.
3: Oh, uh, on that note, Katrina's mom, mom and dad used to they they roll around in their car. They have their. They're particular about even the glass that it gets poured in, so they carry their own wine glasses at every restaurant they go to. Yeah, are you serious? Oh Why? yeah, because wine, wine people wine, are very wine like glasses particular. can get really expensive. So you
1: walk in with your own glass. It has,
3: a, they have, a, we actually have for Christmas last year. They bought us Katrina and I, and it's a, a black case about this big, and so obviously it's got all kinds of foam to protect it like that. You unzip it, and it's a travel case wow. f- for wine glasses. So. Yeah, they're like super particular about that. They go to a restaurant, stuff so like that. They go pull their own wine glasses. They're like, I don't, don't pour because they. So the restaurants they make like they they typically have depending most restaurants. Their, their wine glasses are commercial grade. They're designed to be able to uh, throw in a dishwasher, yeah. whatever like that. And I guess like really good wine glasses are, are way see, more See, I never got
2: that. We definitely fragile. had like corkage fees and things. Like people would bring their own wines, yeah, yeah. which is fine. But yeah, I, I, I haven't seen that,
3: you know, come in. Like, so that would have been interesting. Yeah, that's Katrina's see. family. They're yeah. like, everybody in the family has their own travel. Well, we I got mean, ours like last Christmas or the Christmas before. If you're
2: really it, into it. Yeah. And they have like a winery now. So yeah, like, Yeah. Yeah.
1: So they were. Well, I, I can't make fun they're, of they're them. They're serious about it. I'll bring salt. I'll bring my own salt to a restaurant. Yeah, you do do that. yeah I don't yeah. like the, their their salt. Or I hate asking them for salt because then it takes forever and my food's sitting here. I can <laughs> eat it without salt on it, dude. <laughs> so I'll bring out my Oh, I know. Pink salt. They always forget it of sort of sort ask sort yeah. like, They never remember. So here's something else that's cool. Justin, you'll appreciate this. So, mm. and, and you know, I looked up the, the time the uh, I didn't realize that, that Neanderthals and Denisovans, I think I'm saying it right, Denisovans. Yeah. So these are two different... Types or species of uh, humans or existed at the same time. Right, that existed while what are we called? Homo erectus. Mm -hmm. Okay, while Homo erectus existed, which is us, right? Us types of human. There were Neanderthals, and there were also Denisovans, and then there were sapiens. Huh? Sapiens. I
2: think all of them are considered. I don't know. Is that yeah, how- yeah, I think sapiens sort of umbrella is a lot of. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. So anyway, uh, there was. I, mean, I not sure. Check me, so. on me on that. I don't but know. there's there's other there's other species as well. But those are the two best known, and they all existed coexisted like fifty to a hundred thousand years ago. So mm. hundred thousand years ago. You had humans like us, and then you had Neanderthals, and you had Denisovans, and of course, they went
2: extinct. Oh, and there was the, the hobbit, like the Hob. I forget the name of that. Yes. But that was another species. Yeah, they're
1: called something else. So oh, that's a Denisovan. Look at that. So, yeah. isn't that interesting? So, and what's weird about that is, of course, they went extinct, and there's lots of speculation. Part of the speculation is that we killed them, yeah, and probably ate them, or... We outcompeted them because we were better hunters or, you know, better at creating tools that hunted, although oh. they were also tool creators. So anyway, they went and found their they, – they analyzed their bones and really were able to figure out the blood types that they had. The theory was that they all had type O. So you guys know the different blood types, right? Yeah. A, B, B, right? Type O is considered the first blood type. It's the one that you can give all humans. Universally, right? This yes. Is, oh. and, and that's the one that we all that we all had lots long time ago. And then they, there were mutations that turned into different blood types. Well, believe it or not, Neanderthals also had A, B, and all that. They thought they would all be type O, but I guess it went further back than that. Hmm. So it didn't branch off until further back than a hundred thousand years ago is what oh, they're theorizing with this, which is uh, you know kind of interesting. That is interesting. <laughs> Hey, real quick, I hope you're enjoying this episode. Head over to MySerenityKids.com. Now, this is a company that we're working with that makes healthy baby food. So they have grain-free snacks. They have meat pouches. They use bone broth. No preservatives. This is the best baby food you'll find anywhere. It's the only one that I give to my baby son. Adam, same thing. It's the only one he gives to his baby son. Head over to MySerenityKids.com. Use the code... MP20 for 20% off. All right, enjoy the
0: rest of the show. First question is from D. D Seg How would you tweak anabolic and aesthetic to be an hour format?
1: So MAPS anabolic and MAPS aesthetic. So, you know, here's what's what's interesting about this. I obviously created MAPS anabolic. I still follow the program here and there. It doesn't take an hour, over an hour to do MAPS anabolic foundational workouts. No, aesthetic
3: does, but anabolic does not.
1: Aesthetic does. But MAPS anabolic doesn't. So if you're taking over an hour, either your rest periods are too long or I don't know what you're doing, it should not take over an hour. Now, MAPS aesthetic, I typically would do the workout in an hour and 15 minutes, hour and 20 minutes uh, at most. I know Doug, same experience. Um, It's just more volume. Now, if you don't have over an hour to do MAPS aesthetic workouts, you could just cut the sets out of the exercises for the areas of your body that you think need less work. Well, There's, so. a, there's other
3: ways you could do this, um, I, or at least how I do it, because this happens to me sometimes. Sometimes I, I only have 40 minutes or 30 minutes and so, and I'm running through one of these programs, so what ends up happening? So if I'm have if I short on time and I'm running MAPS anabolic, and I talked about this the other day, I think, on the show, because um, this, uh, this is kind of how I'm training right now, is I'll, I'll cut it in half, right? So it's only a three-day-a-week program. So, what I'll end up doing is, you know, I'll do upper body one day, lower body the next day, upper body, but i'm I'm following all the exercises in anabolic. I'm mm-hmm. just turning it from a three day a week to a six day a week program mm-hmm. and splitting it in half. So that's how I would mess with anabolic Now, aesthetic,
1: you, you mean it's, Oh, okay, right? yeah,
3: now that's how I would do anabolic. Now, aesthetic, because we there's more days in the gym, it's a little bit longer, and then you have focus sessions. I would just add some if I couldn't get to, I'd pick a muscle group or two. Uh, and I'd pull it out of uh, the foundational day, and I would just add it to a focus day. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah. So that's a really, really good so point. So you have a full, because the way aesthetic is designed, it's a full body routine, and then you have focus days every other day. So what I would just do is just say, oh, okay, I'm going to uh, take the, my shoulder exercises and my, maybe my pushing exercises, shoulder, mm-hmm. uh, chest, and tries, I'm going to put on my focus day with my my two or three mm-hmm. focus exercises mm-hmm. that I was going to do. Yeah, I think that that, makes
2: sense.
1: I I think that's great advice, and those are two easily two of the most popular programs. Yeah, uh, that we currently. That's I mean,
3: uh, uh, one of the things we always try and communicate on the show is that you know we we design these things as uh, as a foundation or as a kind of a a generic blueprint for people to follow, but this is how you can modify this stuff. I mean,
1: yeah, your 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 always best bet is to learn how to modify workouts for you. And this includes your body, your goals, your fitness, specific areas you want to focus on, and your schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that was the idea. The idea was to give you the, the the blueprint, and then you kind of move away or change it according to your individual needs. And that's always going to give you the best results anyway. Individualization of workouts is uh, one of the
0: best things. Next question is from S Powers twenty eight. Are deload weeks necessary? I think easier workouts,
1: workouts that allow your body to recover are necessary? Do I think it's necessary to schedule, deload weeks? For some people, yes. For other people, no. Who would it be necessary for? Competitors, right? Yeah. Yeah,
2: Or, or, yeah, athletic competitors or bodybuilders, I would think this would apply, you know, the majority of people towards in terms of scheduling it, uh, you know, to sort of give you that – that break and refresh to then you
3: know. Reprogram. I never did this with most clients because most yeah. clients naturally we at that naturally level. have deload weeks. Yeah, yeah. keeping a client consistent for three to six months and never missing a workout—that was the hard thing. That, that is extremely different. In fact, I probably failed ninety-five percent of the time. Yeah. The reality is, they have vacation, they have busy lives, stuff happens for a week or whatever, so they naturally do it. The only clients or the only people. That I ever had to to do something like this with is the com- competitors. Somebody who actually actually could go years and not miss a workout, mm-hmm. and those people tend to need these deload weeks, and it's it's highly beneficial for them. I, I let the other ones kind of naturally happen.
1: Yeah, a scheduled deload week deload week is good if you're the kind of person that tends to you know. Oh, I know I'm supposed to go easier, but I'm going to go hard yeah. anyway. Like this would be good for me, right? Because I know it's in my schedule. I have to do it, and it'll force me to do it because my tendency is to not do it. My tendency is to push probably too hard or too often. But for most people, I don't think scheduling a delo- deload week uh, is a big deal. But uh, you know, again, rephrasing the question, is it necessary to have workouts that give your body an opportunity to heal and recover? In other words, is it necessary to have easier workouts or lighter workouts? Oh, yeah. yes. Absolutely. And here's the thing. I think people believe that these easier workouts, or if you want to label them deload workouts, that's fine. I think people believe that deload workouts or easier workouts pause your progress. Like, okay, I'm not going to progress this week because I'm actually. Studies actually show that oftentimes progress happens in a deload week. So it's like they've been pushing, pushing, pushing. Then they go easier workouts, and then boom, they get all this you know, muscle well, growth or strength.
2: I think, that, I mean, the ideal situation is that you can intuitively pick up on the signs and signals your body is is sending you and, and be able to back off, you know, and be able to weave in and out and undulate the intensity, the volume, whatever it is necessary to get you to fully recover so you could keep progressing. Well,
3: yeah. And we have to be careful here because it's like uh, the question is necessary. And so we're, I think we're addressing necessary, but valuable, yes. Mm-hmm. I think they can be very valuable, especially for someone like... Now, i mean we recently shared a study on the show where uh, you know you had the two groups one group trained consistently for 16 weeks never took any days off versus a group that every third week took a whole week off and at the end of the study the the group that took the week off was uh, j- had progressed just as much as the group that never took any days yep. off mm-hmm. so there's definitely tremendous obviously tremendous value if you can do uh, what is Less that? work, uh, yeah, less work, and get the same results as somebody who's doing yep, right. more work. Then there's obviously there's value there. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's what that study points out. So, uh, but the, the, I think our point is saying that most people naturally take days off, naturally deload because of just regular life things that happen. Now, if you're the hardcore, super consistent, and high volume training type of person. Then yeah no they, I think they're extremely valuable and uh, according to that study you could definitely you could get away with every month taking a few days or a week off of training mm-hmm. and it would s- s- be beneficial. Now for do
1: you. you guys have signs that you look out for for yourselves where you say okay this is happening I need to go easy on my workouts? Is well, there something usually specific? for
2: me I can sense whether or not like I'm putting too much pressure in certain joints and like yes the, yeah, so like I have pain right now is specifically that I'm dealing with my shoulder hips and so i'm 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 definitely still going through the movements but with a lot less intensity and you know bringing the volume down but I, I plan on kind of weaving in and out of that so that way i can is, allow them to recover is
1: that from your workout video is that, is that <laughs> yeah what
2: for the shoulder for sure yeah i, I mean i, I definitely push you push
1: that 120 something
2: pound kettlebell yeah, you know, <laughs> that's th- that's the problem that's with lot, like dude. I you know like you you're talking me up a bit. And I I didn't want to like do just like the, my regular workout, so that was totally a performance workout, you know. Yeah. Like I, but so I paid for that a bit because it was outside of my normal intensity range. But um, now it's just a matter of getting myself back yeah. to where I feel like my body's like
3: at its optimal form. Yeah, I think uh, for me, it, I all the time now because of you assholes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. I was a much, I was a much he better. He blames tra- everything. It is your fault. It's 100 your guys' fault because before you guys, I I never even like I said, I never trained singles and doubles and. Triples, and I mean, I never cared about my max PR, none of that stuff ever. Yeah. I was like, so I was so anti that. I used to talk shit about that all the time. It was like, it's not necessary. You can build an incredible, and because you know, me, what'd you was,
1: say when you're naked in the bedroom? She doesn't have right. to, that's right. That's yeah. yeah. right. You know, it
3: was all, all show, no go. Sure, I wasn't about performance, I wasn't about how much I bench. I wanted to look good, I, and I was very uh, uh sure of that's what my goal was and what I wanted to accomplish. And it wasn't necessary for me to push the boundaries as far as weight. Now, we started hanging out together and now I'm paying attention to how much do I bench press, how much do I squat, how much do I deadlift, and now my You're fucking my hips, <laughs> my elbow, my shoulder <laughs> always are talking to me because what ends up happening is I get in a little bit of a rhythm yeah. and I want to see what I can push and what I can do, and then my body reminds me that, you know, you should be training more I'll like get you this. i those get so, uh, some of those advanced age stretching vitamins. Stretching your
1: capacity, you know, Adam, yeah, that's yeah, all. Help, yeah, help your, yeah, help yeah, your so, so, your,
3: your, it's true. I mean, I'm teasing about blaming it on you guys, but yeah. I really didn't uh, suffer from a lot of that stuff until I. That that is the one challenge with yeah, you
1: push performance hard yeah. too often for sure. Yeah, I,
3: it's 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 hard though because it's, it is a uh, you know a double edged sword, right? Because. There are tremendous benefits I've got since I've trained that way too. Of you know, like one of the things I love that I notice about my body today than just five six years ago is because I've gotten so strong in some of these big compound lifts. Man, if I just if I make if I make sure I hit overhead press, squat, deadlift, and bench like once a week, it actually maintains my my physique. I don't have as aesthetic as the competitive Adam does yeah. or what like that, but. Like I can maintain, I definitely can maintain where a a and PM uh, worker will think that I look strong and fit. That's you know what right. I'm saying, yeah. I remember
0: saying, saying that. That, yeah. that feels good. Yeah. Yeah. You look you look strong. <laughs> strong. Oh, you're like a yeah. jack guy. <laughs> Next question is from Chai Latte. How can I tell if I lack mobility or if it's just my anatomical limitations? Right.
1: Uh, nine out of ten times, it's a mobility issue. Y- so yeah. nine out of ten times, you lack. The strength, the control, and the stability. One out of 10 times, there's something wrong with your bones or your joints that's causing uh, the issue. Anatomically speaking, not like you had an injury in your joint, but rather the joint is constructed in a way to where it's a limiting factor. And How do you know the difference? Well, it's like, imagine going into a deep squat and you feel literally a block. Bones, boom, that's it. Like Almost like extending my elbow. I can't extend my elbow any further. That's not a mobility issue. My joint just won't extend any further. Mm-hmm. So that's what that feels like. Now going to the bottom of a squat and feeling tight. And, oh, my hip flexor, or ooh, I can't go any further because my heels rise, or I feel. That's usually mobility. And again, I say nine out of ten times because ever since you see this now in social media posts, where you see these like uh, you know these anatomy experts will post mm-hmm. a picture of a, a hip joint and will show. See this person can't squat this deep or they need to have a wider stance because the, the way that the femur fits in the... Mm-hmm. So now you have all these people who have poor mobility who now have a wonderful excuse and they're like, oh, yeah. this is why I don't totally. lift that way. It's because my bones and I can't change my bones. No, nine out of ten times... You just don't have the strength. Well, then you add in you
3: add in the, and to defend the guys that and girls that slam all the mobility people is now okay. People are aware that there's this this mobility thing that a lot of people may or may not be should be doing, and now everybody's jumping on the bandwagon of trying to sell people this idea. I think a really cool way to test this is actually the discrepancy from left to right. So an easy way to tell it has, it has nothing to do with your morphology, right? So your your structure and to see if it's there is a, a mobility issue is the discrepancy from left to right. If you do your hips in a 90-90, for example, and the left to right looks exactly the same as far as internal and external rotation. It might be. That might be your range of motion mm-hmm. for your hips. Now, everybody can probably have extend their capacity a little bit, give or take. Also, but, look
1: at passive mobility, yeah. right? Someone could lift your leg and show you, oh, no, it moves that
3: way. You right. just can't mm-hmm. do it yourself. Right, right. And so it, looking at left to right, it, you, and rarely ever have I ever seen this in my own body or any clients, do they always match completely. And mm-hmm. so if you see that you know, this what this shoulder has no problem getting here, but then when I go to do this one, that's all I got – there's definitely a mobility issue there. Mm-hmm. There's no because you definitely don't have a, a discrepancy in your morphology from left yeah. to right like that. Yeah. It's it's hard to argue, you know, oh, your feet externally rotate because that's the way your pelvis is. And how am I going to debate that? But if I get you down in a 90-90 and I go to show that your your left heel you can lift up the off the ground six inches, and then the other one, you can't even budge. That's very obvious to me as a coach. There is a there's a mobility issue in that hip, mm-hmm. and we probably can improve both. And and there's a good chance there's some an issue in both. But that's one of the best ways to be sure of that. Yeah, I,
2: I have somewhat of a challenge, you know, to that mentality in terms of like I see a lot of coaches out there that put like you know if you have this kind of set up uh you know with your femur and your hips and you should probably go into this stance and you know the, and so immediately sort of eliminating just the movement in general whereas i would be more comfortable with having multiple stances where we can see where those you know ranges lie and then try to get subtle improvements on each one of them and not just eliminate mm-hmm. them into, unless it's really causing you some kind of like uh you know dysfunction where you're going to have you know cr- chronic pain from or you know like some kind of like injury is, is, is as a result because it's such a bad angle. But you know in, in my experience, I haven't found that to be the case.
1: Yeah, okay, so here, here's the problem. The problem is is that we consider things like squats, overhead presses, rows, you know horizontal presses. We don't consider them foundational human movements. So oftentimes people will say that their lack of mobility is an anatomical issue. But if I change the if I change the words but not the conversation I think this starts to make a little bit more sense. So let's say somebody was walking funny. You see someone walking funny down the street. You most doctors, most movement specialists, most trainers, most fitness people would say there's a muscle issue going on there. There's a mobility issue going on there. There's the the firing pattern is wrong. Most people wouldn't say there's an anatomical problem. Now are there anatomical issues that can cause people to walk in ways that are dysfunctional. Yes. Are they common? No. They're rare. Far more common if somebody's walking wrong, just to, just to use a word that, you know, just off the top of my head, if they're walking in a dysfunctional way, it's because their recruitment patterns aren't ideal or they have mobility issues that are not uh, working for them. Same thing applies to squatting. Squatting is a fundamental human movement. Pushing your arms overhead, fundamental human movement. Rowing, fundamental human movement. So if you can't do those things with a good, comfortable, full range of motion, chances are very high. It has nothing to do with your bones or things that you can't work on. It probably has everything to do with the fact that you lack the strength, the stability, the flexibility, the mobility. These are all things that you can work on. So again, nine out of 10 times, I'll stand by that. It's not anatomy.
0: Next question is from Stacy Lynn 22 tips on how to stay consistent when you work 10 hour days. Oh yeah. You know, here's what I found. So
1: I've been working out for a long time. I'm very consistent with my workouts in an ideal world. I would work out at probably 2 PM in the day. It's when I feel the strongest. It would be, you know, a couple hours after lunch, my pre-workout would hit real good and have a great workout. I used to do this when I owned my studio and you know, clients would typically come in the morning and then in the evening, so I'd have that break. Um, and then you know, things changed. We do this. I have more kids now, more responsibility, um, so I have to schedule my workout first thing in the morning. If I start my day with a workout, I'm consistent. If I try to end my day with a workout or I try to inject my workout in the middle of my day, consistency becomes far more challenging. Now, I've seen this with clients, and I've seen this with members. I've managed many, many, many gyms with lots of traffic. In other words, lots of members coming in. And I'll tell you what, there is a huge difference between the morning crowd and the afternoon or evening crowd. The afternoon or evening crowd is transient, often new people all the time. You go in at 6 a.m., even in a big box gym, not a hardcore gym, you go in at 6 a.m., do it for a week. And I guarantee you'll see the same crowd almost every single time. So that's my best advice. My best advice to someone is if you want to be consistent, one. and I know this sucks for some people that don't want to wake up early or whatever, but I tell you, this is a great strategy. Start your day with your workouts. You're far more likely to be consistent. Yeah, I, I, can,
2: I can get down with that. Yeah, I was just going to think, like, I wonder what they do for a job because I was just thinking about this the other day because one of my friends works in construction and has a very intensive, like, manual... Like his body's very physical job, let's say. Uh, And so works really long hours, but also was trying to get in lifts like at the end of the night and um, was focusing on things that he was already using quite substantially in his job uh, to, to the point where I wasn't having any progress with like shoulder with, Mm. you know, like lots of different like muscle groups he was focusing on. And, you know, in terms of like getting the, the overall volume was really high was he's in pretty good shape just literally from his job. And so to, to kind of, Figure out a way to, to create a better workout, uh, you know, focused on maybe some muscle groups he's neglecting more and also like more of a restorative type of, uh, you know, workout was something that he actually started to then unlock, uh, you know, the, his, what he was seeking in terms of his goal physique and all that kind of stuff.
3: I have, you know, I have another one for you. I agree with Sally, even though I'm not a morning person and I don't, I don't work out in the morning, but I do agree with that because that's very true. The most consistent people in the gym are always the 5am, 5 5am 5 crowd. But I have something to ask you guys that I, I think is interesting that I learned about myself and I, I've I've alluded to this on the show before. I don't know if I've pointed this fact out before, but um, you know, the most important day if we're talking about consistency, right? So if, if for my routine, if I'm going to be consistent with my training, you know what the most important day is that I train? Hmm. Sunday is, is it Monday start of the week Sunday Sunday oh and the reason why it's Sunday is because that's my last day off mm. and I'm about to start the work week and if I if I if I'm already starting my work week and I got a good workout in the day before oh, when I, I had no excuses right because work hits ten hour days happen shit can hit the fan right. whatever but Sunday I'm off and technically I don't have to do anything I learned a, a, about ten years ago when I scheduled my training. And, and that this includes meal planning, everything. If I want to be consistent, if I schedule day one of whatever the plan is uh, on Sunday, when my day is up, which is mm-hmm. typically a day off for me. So this would d- change if you have like Monday, Tuesday off or whatever with that. Mm-hmm. So it's your last day off before you start the work week. Getting that workout in, making the meals, what all that is done, it sets the tone for what the week is going to be. Sure. If I miss Sunday's workout and I come in, it takes extra discipline for me to make sure I train on Monday. But if I had already lifted on Sunday, I already feel like I got good momentum going into the week and I don't want to stop that momentum. And I have found that I've I've had way more success. And so I used to have a lot of success with clients, getting them to actually plan training on the weekends because we t- what we typically do is – work all week, we try and train and diet and do well, and then the weekends, everyone goes, ah, I'm off of everything. I'm off mm-hmm. of work, I'm off of eating well, yeah. I'm off of training, where I would go, okay, I'm not actually gonna think about what days I'm gonna train during the week. I'm not gonna think about my diet so much in the week. I'm gonna crush Saturday and Sunday. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure I have a successful day of eating and a successful day of training on the weekend and what I have found is I actually go into the week with way more consistency than it, than if I had not done that over the weekend.
1: Yeah, I think it's important. So that's one good point about that, Adam. Is you have to kind of figure yourself out and what gets you going, yeah. and what gets you consistent. You know, to the you you mentioned the const- your friend that's in construction. I had a cousin who worked in construction. This was years ago, um, and he still does. But this this particular instance was years ago. I managed. Uh, the 24 hour up in Sunnyvale and he wanted to start working out, wanted to get consistent. He used to play football in high school. And he's like, man, it sucks because when I'm done with work around three or four, p- I think 4 PM, I think he was done with his job. He's like, I'm exhausted, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm it's moving beat. sheet rock and roofing and doing all this stuff. He's like, I'm dead tired and I'll drink a cup of coffee or drink a Red Bull, come in and try and work out. And I'm just not good. And I'm like, listen, dude, Try working out first thing in the morning. And he goes, I would literally have to work out at 4 a.m. to make that happen. And I said, Try it out and just see how consistent you are. I know you got to wake up earlier and do the whole thing. You just got to go to bed earlier. And he did it and he was extremely consistent. And he said, You're right. He goes, Kind of sucks. You got to wake up earlier. I got to go to bed earlier. He goes, but when I start my day with my workout, first of all, I feel better during work. Yeah, you
2: get more energized uh, at work.
1: And he goes, and I never miss a workout because that's just the beginning of my day. It's the first thing on your list. When you move it down the list, it's like, I promise you, if I didn't work out first thing in the morning, it would be so hard uh, to be consistent. So um, yeah, great advice all the way around. Look, if you like our information, if you like our content, you will love mindpumpfree.com. Head over there. Check out all of our free guides that can help you to do anything uh, fitness-related, including fat loss, muscle gain, mobility. We even have guides for personal trainers. Again, it's mindpumpfree.com. You can also find all of us on Instagram, so you can find Justin at mindpumpjustin. Me at Mind Pump Sal and Adam at Mind Pump Adam.
0: Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic.